Epic Briefs Podcast. It's our Christmas episode. Yeah. So you got me, Jamie, and... The Claude Meister. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, um, and go in depth a little bit, maybe about some fun little things that you guys may not know about some of them, but mostly our opinions and why we love it so much. So, um, I guess we just jump right into it. Yeah. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah? Because uh, I know this is a holiday episode and we don't want to take up too much time. Or do we? Another two hours? <laughs> I think we can hold it back a little. <laughs> Where's Ashley when we need her? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to listen to us for a whole another two hours. Alright, cool. This well, soon anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it on for an hour and yeah. So, you want me to go first with mine or you want to go with You yours? can go first. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I think you should save the best for last. Nope. Mine's the best. Right. So it'll be last. Fine. It reminds me of that, that Rough Streets um, <laughs> skit that Spencer did. And he's like, um, we're the best in days, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you're going with that at first. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah. Spencer will be always funny because of that skit. <laughs> Even he's not funny anymore, he'll still be funny because of that. I don't think you will ever stop laughing about that. No, that was really good. So, kudos to Spencer Reeve on that. <laughs> I'm the best in days, bitch. Okay, my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. And I've loved this movie since I remember seeing the marathon on TBS on uh, Christmas Eve. Since I was like really little. I used to watch it with my sister a lot. And TBS did this thing where they would show it. Or still does it actually. They would show it all day on Christmas Day and they would start at like around 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So we would always, um, you know, wrap our presents to that. Like, we that would be like our time we'd start to wrap presents and stuff for Christmas because, like, like, okay, a Christmas story is on. It's kind of like <laughs> our comfort movie. To it's watch like, it. oh, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's like our cue. Like, oh, yeah. time to wrap presents, you know? And we'd watch it throughout the night. We'd wake up to it and stuff. Like, um, even now, when we're just like living on our own and stuff, we still do have the same routine wrapping presents that you know when a Christmas story starts, and we would like keep it on all night and like wake up to it in the morning, and we have to go to our parents for breakfast. We would like get dressed while watching it. It was just like this thing where it's like you know it's Christmas Day because that's on TBS. You know what I mean? Hmm. So that was like, and still is really special. Because, like, we, we would never get tired of watching it over and over again, so... Yeah, I've seen you watch it a lot. Yeah, and there's certain parts in the movie which never gets old. Um, for any of you guys that, don't, that haven't seen A Christmas Story, um, pretty much the synopsis goes is... He's a little kid, and his name is Ralphie. And, um, you know, he lives with his parents or whatever. And he's, like, about... I don't know, I want to say he's nine, maybe? Okay. Like, nine or ten or something. He's really young. Hmm. He's like super young, yeah, little kid. I was thinking closer to like eight. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. But I mean, it's yeah. really not that far off from nine. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, and he um story follows you know Ralphie during like the Christmas season, and he he goes to this store. Uh, it's like a department store, and he finds this um BB gun, Red Rider, Red Rider BB gun that he falls in love with, and this is just one thing that he wants for Christmas, you know, in this particular year, and. 
he's trying to hint it to his parents the whole movie that this is what he wants and try to not make them um, pretty much tell him you're going to shoot your eye out because that's what they tell him all the time. Because, you know, BB guns are still pretty dangerous and they were back then when this movie was made. Um, I think it was back in the 80s when it was made, but it was set in a way earlier time, as you can tell from watching it. But, um... Uh, so he goes and does all these, like, little, uh, he slips the Red Rider BB gun ad into, like, his dad's newspaper, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah, he's very crafty. Yeah, and he tries to, like, write, no, he doesn't try, he actually writes, um, a theme. That his theme. Yeah, his teacher <laughs> tells him, that his class, that they need to write a theme about what they want for Christmas, and he writes about that, and he's really passionate, and, you know totally filled with, with, with emotion and um that enough emotion that an eight-year-old like can put into an essay but um so he does that and his teacher pretty much like grades the paper reads it and then pretty much tells him what he doesn't want to hear which he's going to shoot his eye out if he gets a bb gun for christmas so um it's all of that and like his days in school and him getting bullied by uh scott farkas and his toady <laughs> And um, his little brother, because they go to school together, and Flick, his little uh, his friend, so that's um, one of his best friends, and um, Schwartz. <laughs> Schwartz is my favorite, because he's the one that always curses. He's like, listen, smartass. Like he's the one that tells <laughs> him that his dad said if you if you put your tongue on a frozen pole, it's guaranteed to stick. And then they bet, because Flick like it won't stick. And that's when he puts his his uh, tongue in the hole. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I won't ruin anything else for you, but it shows every year on TBS. starts on Christmas Eve at 8 p.m. And it shows all day on Christmas Day. So, you know, if you get bored with your family or you really want to check this movie out, you should because it's, like, really funny. And it has its parts where <laughs> there's inappropriate humor. But it's so tame that it's, like, okay for the family to us. But yeah. it's just so good. It's just so good the way they do it. It's just the style of the movie and the actors. And Ralphie's, like, the cutest little kid. <laughs> so just the whole, like, just the whole... Oh, and it's narrated, too. I love movies that are narrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that about movies. And it kind of puts you in the mind of the character. And, um, you know, the voice is Ralphie growing up kind of because it's a guy's voice not a little kid's <laughs> voice but yeah you can hear Ralphie's thoughts and whatnot oh gosh and the mall Santa scene <laughs> the mall Santa scene the mall Santa when they go to visit Santa Claus it's so like it's so dark but it's so funny I think that's why I love this movie so much like it's not one of those like sweet happy-go-lucky yeah i'm trying to learn a lesson type of christmas movie it's like this is what christmas kind of is for some people you know what i mean and like while you get what you want sometimes sometimes it's just like the hard truth is you're gonna shoot your eye out you know so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a plain, shoot your eye out kid yeah it's a plain fact of life but the mall santa is really funny because yeah. like what he he makes every kid cry that sits on his lap and the elves that help him out in the mall are like, they have no patience for little kids. They're like, come on, kid, you're next. Like, stop crying. And then when the kids are crying, they, like, kick him down the slide. <laughs> like, one time, uh, this kid, well, well, I guess I'll just tell you, like, Ralphie's trying to not slide down because, like, <laughs> he tells Santa that he wants a football. 
Because he like froze up. Yeah, he froze up, and then San- he he didn't say what he wanted. I'm sorry. Santa was like, "How about how about a football?" And then Ralphie's like so nervous. He's like, he's "Okay, like, yeah." yeah. <laughs> and then like you know, he's his turn to get slip like to slide down the slide because that's how you exit. You know, vis- like seeing Santa. Um, I guess they may try to make it fun for kids to go <laughs> go away from Santa, so they have like this huge slide, and then they go down the slide, and Ralphie's like, when he's about to go down the slide, like he turns around and then he tells them what he wants. He's like, "I want a carbon, whatever, whatever, red, 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 red BB gun." Um, and then like Santa's like, "You'll shoot your eye out, kid." And then like he takes his his boot and like he taps Ralphie on the head. <laughs> And Ralphie goes, like, sliding down the slide. Like, push the Like, just stuff like that, like, makes movies so good. And, like, the part when he drops the F-bomb. And, you know, he's trying to help his dad change the tire. Oh, yeah. And he drops all of the bolts. That was another good part. (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, a lot of really good scenes. And there's really, like, parts that you remember. Oh, gosh, that Chinese food. The the Chinese (laughs) restaurant scene is classic. Yes. With the far like that's just like I never get tired of seeing or just hearing that. Like actually, that's what that's what stood out to me the first time I watched my Christmas story. Like I'll, I'll look forward to that scene. Really? When the Asian guys are singing, it, it's really funny. But <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that was really good. But um, you do like Asian food? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, oh the um the hounds, oh, the yeah. hounds that ruined the turkey. That's another thing. Like another another scene is when like um the, <laughs> they're called the Bumpuses hounds. Oh, yeah. was the Bumpus is uh their family's neighbors. Um, <laughs> so they like get into the kitchen and they mess up the turkey and then like they Tag the death <laughs> before they cracks me up and then the Bumpuses hounds are on his porch or in the house and he chases them out and he locks the door and one of their tails get hooked to the door <laughs> and the dog is like. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> you do a good job of that. It's like the funniest thing <laughs> you can hear from a dog, and I love dogs, but that scene is really funny. Um, and at first I thought it was like his ear, but then someone told me you told me it was his tail, and you like blew my mind. You're like, I think it's his tail. I was like, really? I thought it was his ear, but because I guess they're running away, so that makes sense. Yeah. But um, so and the parts when the dad is like cursing, but they don't. It's really not cursing. He just makes up weird words like "fracking, fracking," like like the old like Looney Tune curses. Yeah. You know? So and the mom is so sweet. I love the mom because oh, she's I always know. looking out to Ralphie and his little brother and all trying to make things better for them. And um, sacrifices everything. Good lord! Like Ralphie says, his mom hadn't had a hot meal in like eight years or something. Yeah. Because he's eight, obviously. So I guess you're right. Um, because like she always has to get up and cater to them and. By the time she gets her food, they're like, five seconds? Yeah, or like, they ask for something else, or theirs is too cold, or something. Or Randy, his little, Ralphie's little brother, doesn't want to eat his food, so she has to make up a game. It's like being a mom. Yeah, exactly. So, she's being a mom. But, um, overall, though, like, my favorite Christmas movie, and I've seen a good few, um, movies that are based, like, you know, just kind of Christmassy based, or just kind of loosely based on Christmas, but. Perhaps the most important part. What part am I forgetting? Fred Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How did I forget that? I think I'm trying to let you talk about yours so I don't kill the time. Because I know I talk a lot. But, um. It's okay. Yeah, Fred Gile, which means. 
uh, Ralphie's dad won a major award, <laughs> and it's a leg lamp. And that's like, I think that's the part everyone remembers about. Yeah. This. I think that's the part where everyone. That's like the this. iconic, yeah. like, connection, I think. And he thinks it's a bowling alley, and he has his wife. He's like asking her if they can put a bowling alley that crate. <laughs> and she's like, you know, of course not, or whatever, you know, but. He opens it and he's he's thinking there's like something I don't know what he he's thinks like it is. He's like so excited. Yeah, and then he opens the thing and <laughs> and then well before he before he opens it he's reading the side of the box like he's like oh Frangile that must be Italian or something and then she's like honey I, um I think it says fragile he's like oh well, whatever <laughs> anyway he he opens it up and there's a leg lamp and he's like totally in love with the leg lamp and, and it's so funny because she's like. Like, she's, she sees, like, the leg lamp, and she's, like, all disappointed because yeah. she knows it's not anything, like, major. Right. And she's, like, about to, like, comfort him. Exactly. And he's, like, it's the best thing ever type thing. Yes. <laughs> he gets so excited. <laughs> so he's, like, totally in love with the lamp. And, you know, she's a conservative lady, and she's trying to, like, let him not plug this little sexy lady leg into, into like, the socket oh, where you can just see... It's from the other side of the street because the blind is open. And, and Ralphie described it as like electric sex gleaming <laughs> from the window. Pretty much. I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. So, um, oh, man. you know, the leg lamp. Something happens to the leg lamp. And I won't ruin it for you guys if you're going to watch it. But just the part when something happens to the leg lamp and the way the dad responds <laughs> to, to the mom. <laughs> He's like... Ralph is like you know the old man trying to muster up a, a great comeback but all he could say is not a finger <laughs> so me and my sister go around and see each other and Chris was screwing out not a finger because that's what the old man came with that's his, that was his comeback when something happened to the lamp and the mom was satisfied because she never liked it obviously so. <laughs> and with good reason yeah. but um yeah i couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah but it has a really sweet ending and kind of like a real ending actually you know yeah. like it, it's very real to the point it's it's, it's a comedy <laughs> but it's very it, to me why i like it like it just plays out the way things probably would play out in real yeah. life and, you know and ralphie's like fantasies about getting the Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> like when he's like shooting little yeah. bad guys in the yeah. backyard. I love those too. <laughs> he's like, you'll get yours or uh, something, Bart or something. I forgot his name. The villain's yeah. name. He's like in a western or something. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one scene where he gets has to eat soap. Not really eat soap, but his mom puts soap in his mouth because he said a bad word. And, um, you know, there's stuff like that. Cause I really... He's such a little dad thing. I know. He blamed it on On shorts. Which tours had nothing to do with it. Anyway. But just a little, like, cute old school punishment <laughs> thing like that. And this, uh, this it kind of takes you back to a time where, like, we weren't alive. But it's kind of nice to see that, you know. On the uh, description here, it yeah. says, uh, Ralphie has to convince his parents, uh, his parents, his teacher, and Santa that a Red Rider BB gun really is the perfect gift for the 1940s. Ah, there we go. It's the 1940s. Wow. Okay. It's really cool that... it was that, made in 83. Yeah. Okay. It's really cool that <laughs> a story that's so old can still be... Yeah. ...so awesome for Christmas. But that's my 15 minutes. I have... 
I had a bunch of facts to share with you guys, but um, I don't want to take any time from Jamie. Share some facts. Are you sure? Yeah. You're positive? Mm-hmm. We agreed on an hour. Share some facts. All right, I'll, I'll share a few facts about a Christmas story with you guys. Um, and these come from a ChristmasStoryHouse.com, which is a, a website that has a bunch of Christmas story stuff, like tells you where the museum is and things like that. It's really awesome. But um, so Bob Clark is the director of A Christmas Story. And the way he um, pretty much got the idea for it is uh, it said in the late 1960s, um, he was <laughs> going on a date pretty much. <laughs> And um, he happened to like hear a broadcast about a writer, Gene Shepard's uh, recollection of growing up mm-hmm. in Indiana during the 30s and the early 40s. And like uh, Bob Clark, the director, wound up driving around the block for like almost an hour glued to the radio to hear the rest of the stories. And he's like, they said on the website, like Clark was like, you know, my date was not happy because, <laughs> because he like spent an hour riding around the block, they say listening to the stories because he's that intrigued by it and that's kind of what um inspired him to make uh a christmas story pretty much like put the stories together and make a movie out of it and um those stories by um by shepherd were from his book it's called in god we trust all other all others pay cash which was um from the from 1966 so like the stories are pretty dated but the fact that we can still relate to it now is kind of really cool yeah. Um, another fact is uh, the character Scott Farkas. Um, he was never in the book, but the only bully in the book was Grover Dill, who's the little toady kid. Oh. Like the one with the curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, so Scott Farkas was made for the movie, which I think he's really creepy and really, yeah. like, devil-y looking with goofy-like. So that was really cool. Um, and the setting for the movie was based on Hammond, Indiana, which was the hometown of uh, author Gene Shepard. He's a guy that wrote the stories that um, Clark was like listening to in in the in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was actually filmed in Cleveland, Ohio, and Toronto, oh. so it had like two locations and whatnot. And um, the house from the movie is located just outside of downtown Cleveland. And the Higby Building, which is the building that the Red Rider BB gun is mm-hmm. um is like was in the movie. Is reportedly still there in downtown Cleveland, but I want to do some research to make sure that these facts aren't like too too dated. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at one point it could have been, but who knows if they tore it down or something? You know, they're always like trying to make new space for things. But um, and in addition to providing the voiceover narration, the writer Gene Shepard had a cameo appearance in the movie as the grouchy department store customer who tells Ralphie to go to the back of the line and the Santa line. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same part when the kid is like, I like Santa. <laughs> I was about to bring up. There's a kid that stands in line. the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, because I guess the, the Wizard of Oz was popular back then. So this little kid that has like an aviator <laughs> cap on and goggles is like talking to Ralphie and his brother. And all he says is like, I like Santa. Like it's random facts like that. that it's hilarious. like so creepy. It is. I know. You know what I mean? You should like laugh I at like him. Santa. <laughs> it's so weird. I like Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Which one did you like? The Tin Man? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Tin Man is my favorite. <laughs> but um, Bob Clark, the director, had a cameo 
he's a Parker's family did move the neighbor with a southern accent. He's the one that asks uh, his dad about the leg lift. He's like, dang, he like, dang, whatever his name was. Um, did you win that or something? He's like, yeah, it's 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 a major award. So that's the director, <laughs> and that's really cool. Um, the role of Mr. Parker, uh, Ralphie's dad, was offered to Jack Nicholson at first, but um. The director pushed for Darren McGavin to get it, the guy who plays the He did a good job. Yeah, he was really cool. Um, let me see what else. This is a really cool fact. Um, author Gene Shepard's concept for the major award like lamp was based on a real lamp. An illuminated knee is it called like a knee high logo or knee logo? Um, the style of the leg lamp was a for a Christmas story was created by production designer Ruben Freed. And three leg lamps were made for the movie and all were broken on set during the filming. So, um, the snow in the scenes were actually soap flakes <laughs> and firefighters foam. What? <laughs> that was interesting. Um, the stars pretty much said that they were like slipping and sliding during the filming of the scenes. So, so everything was all soapy. Um, there was an elaborate fan- fantasy sequence in which Ralphie joins Flash Gordon to fight Ming the Merciless. Um, that was filmed but dropped from the final cut. Uh, Picture of this scene and the costumes used in it were displayed at a Christmas story house and museum. That's really cool. I want to go film a chicken place. <laughs> um, oh, Black Bart is the name of the villain. Oh, right. Fighting. Yeah, so. And there's like another fantasy scene that they uh, that they had where like Ralphie's supposed to be rescuing uh, Santa. He's like stuck in a chimney and Black Bart's man is trying to like get to him. <laughs> And uh, Ralphie's little brother Randy played one of Black Bart's men in the scene. Like his co- the, he, they said the costume from this scene is also at the Christmas Story Museum, the House of Museum. Um, the film was released before Thanksgiving and became a surprise hit. So by the time Christmas rolled around, the movie had already been pulled from most theaters um, because it being like played out, been there for too long. Um, also, they said the movie inspired the creation of The Wonder Years, the TV show. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Um, let me see. Oh, one last one is um, Peter Billingsley, the, you know, I guess now man, but the little kid back then who played Ralphie. Um, he gained fame as a correspondent for a variety show called Real People, which I've never seen, but um, he's known to play Missy Marvin in old school, like Hershey's Chocolate commercials. <laughs> and um, he's a friend with, with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, who... Uh, who directed Iron Man Part 1. Oh. So, um, Peter Billingsley is a producer on Iron Man and also a mo- movie The Breakup. Isn't that with, um... Was that with... Uh, the Breakup with Jennifer Aniston? And I also get his, the guy's name, but he's really funny. Tall, curly hair. Yeah. Vince Vaughn? Yeah. I, yeah, okay. Vince Vaughn. But, um... So, yeah, and he often appears in, like, in cameo roles and movies that he produces. So he's pretty much pretty active still in the film or entertainment world, which is kind of cool. So yeah, so that's my facts about A Christmas Story. And that's why it's my favorite Christmas movie. And I'm looking forward to watching it tomorrow night when it comes on. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? <laughs> There's two movies called Breakup. Oh, okay. That's weird. Well, there's one. It's funny because I did say he was friends with Vince Vaughn, but then I couldn't remember Vince Vaughn's name. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> That's okay because there's one from 1998 called 
breakup, and it's with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And Bridget Fonda. Huh. So, I'm guessing I'm going with the one with Vince Vaughn in it because that would probably make more sense, right? Since they're friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Random. Um. So that was it for you? Yeah, that was it. That's why I love the prison right. story. And yeah. Only a few hours away till I watch it again. <laughs> It'll be nonstop Christmas story time. Mm-hmm. Alright, well my favorite Christmas movies. You're going to say Christmas story? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was going to say movie, but there's really more than one. So. Uh, okay. Alright, cool. Um, so every year we always watched um, the, like, the, I don't know, the set's called like Christmas classics, but it's like the claymation... Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, like those, and they were made in like, like Rudolph was made in 1964, Dang, really? and then Frosty was 1969, and Santa Claus is coming to town is 1970. Okay. So I think, um, I think my mom probably watched them as a kid, and that's how like we started watching. Them. Yeah, because like the path at all. Like <laughs> yeah, because like she's the one that obviously introduced us to it, but um. But like we watch them every year because I don't know they were just so much fun. Like and I was like looking into them and I thought it was kind of cool because like uh, Santa Claus is coming to town is narrated by Fred Astaire. Oh, cool! And I was like, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. And um, Chris Kringle is actually voiced by Mickey Rooney. What? Yeah. So I was like, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the other names I don't really. Aren't as familiar to me, but um, Sam the Snowman was voiced by Burl Ives. Okay. And that's in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Billy Billy Mae Richards is Rudolph. Okay. And Paul Souls is Hermie, uh, which is a little elf. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then which is the one I watched? We watched Santa Claus is Coming to Town. That's the one. Okay. Is that the one with the snow guy? The, the Winter Warlock. Yeah. That's a good one. He's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> he's voiced by Keenan Wynn. You should be Winter Warlock for this dragon code. Cause he's like he's like the evil like Winter Warlock, and no one wants to go, you know, through his like mountain area. But he's just misunderstood. And like when Santa comes through there, and he he gives him the toy he always wanted, then his his like frostiness melts, and he's like, you can call me Winter. <laughs> <laughs> After they have their little song, they put one foot in front of the other. He was off the warlock. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to go as winter. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, like, I love these movies because, like, like I love the claymation. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, I don't know. Like, you know, they're, they're like, happy movies. I mean, they have some, like, I don't know, sad parts or creepy parts, too. But, like, I don't know. I think the claymation, like, kind of makes it look a little darker. <laughs> It kind of does. I've always liked claymation when it's done like done well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like um, like I like their names. Like in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, no, it's in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I'm sorry. Um, they have the <laughs> the mayor of the town that like bans toys because Kris Kringle comes through and he gives all the little kids toys and there's uh, oh, yeah, to- he gives them toys for free and then there's toys all over the place and. The mayor gets all mad because he like 
he like uh, trips over one of the toys and like breaks his leg. Or something. Yeah, that's right. He and so he's like angry, so he bans toys. And then his name, his name is Burger Meister Meister Burger. For no reason. <laughs> yeah. And like, so then he, you know, sings his little song about no more toy makers to the king. Yeah, it's very and, musical. Uh, I and I love it. <laughs> I love the musical part love of it. Jamie, like a yes, it's my like favorite. Like I'll just sing the songs. Like it makes me so happy. But um, like that remix you made up in your head tonight. Yeah, like that. <laughs> so, so he bans the toys, and then um, in order to get toys to the kids again, Chris Kringle comes up with the idea of having them hang their their socks on the fireplace, and he puts toys in there. In their socks, and that's where the stockings came from, um, because he was sneaking toys to them. Yeah. <laughs> because they were, you know, he felt like they needed toys because yeah. he he was adopted or like left on the doorstep of the Kringles, and they make their toy makers. Right. So that's what he did. He went and took toys to the town. So that was Santa Claus was coming to town. Um, the only weird thing about. <laughs> Santa Claus is going to town. It's like there's this one song, and it's like, if you sit on my lap today, I guess the toy is the price you pay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like what the heck? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, that's a little creepy, but <laughs> aside from that, it's a great movie. <laughs> a kiss, a toy is the price you pay, and who's singing that? Santa Claus. Okay, Santa Claus. Okay. <laughs> But it's like, if you sit on my lap today, look at the toys, the price you pay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be seeing this. And so he makes little kids give him like a kiss on the cheek yeah. for a toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> not terrible. But I don't know. It just kind of made me laugh when I was like looking through everything. I was like, oh, that song. If he was like a wank a toy, that would be <laughs> something else. That's so wrong. But a, toy, but a kiss is pretty decent. Yeah. Too. Um, but then like like that one's my favorite. Santa Claus is coming to town, and like the other one, the other two I like as well. I just that one's my favorite. So just to touch on the other two really quick. After you say, so what I like about Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is the little um the little elf, Hermie. Like he doesn't want to be uh an elf. He wants to be. He's a dentist. I haven't seen that one, have I? I don't, I don't, like, I don't probably didn't. Okay. But he wants to be a dentist. So, like, he's a misfit, like Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And so they sing a song about misfits. <laughs> what do you want to be a dentist? We're a couple of misfits. I don't know. Of all the things. But, like, him being to... a dentist makes him a misfit, um, which is, like, crazy. So I'm like, what was so bad about being dentist in the. You need to look that up. Like, in this, in this 1960s. There's probably a reason behind that. Maybe. Yeah. But he was like, you know, they're like pretty much running to each other in the forest because Rudolph ran away because everyone was making fun of him for having a red nose. And he like runs into Hermie like out in the forest. And he's like, oh, this is your spot. You know, like Hermie is. And he's like, no. He's like, it's okay. And he's like, well, basically they talk for each other. Anyways, he's like, you know, basically will you be my friend or do you mind if I hang out here? And he's like, well, if you don't mind me being a dentist, I don't mind your red nose. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they start talking about or singing about being misfits. So, um, I don't know. But in that movie, um, there's also Yukon Cornelius, which is like this, like, uh, what is he called? 
like a I don't know how to explain it. He has like this big like burly beard. Is he wearing like a red coat? No. Maybe. I don't know. But he's like a mountain guy. He likes gold. Silver uh, and gold. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's what I remember from that one. Like Yosemite thing. Yeah. And then everyone knows about, you know, Frosted Snowman. Is that story still the same? Like, they keep the same story? Throughout? Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's just like the song, pretty much. Okay. I mean, you know, Frosty Snowman. And they, like, you know, place the magic hat upon his head, and he comes to life. Where does the hat come from? I don't know. Didn't explain that in the movie? I've always wondered I remember that. it, like, appearing, but I don't remember exactly how it got there. It's okay. been a while since I've watched that one. Did they pull a Lois Griffin on him? <laughs> remember the episode of Family Guy I had you watch? The Christmas one? The first Christmas episode? Uh-huh. When she, like... Gets the match. <laughs> she likes the match. And she blows fire on Frosty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she put the hat I forgot about that him. one. He, he, take he, it off. Take it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, they didn't do that to poor Frosty. That's family guys. He, like, went to, like, the North Pole to, you know, yeah. live for the rest when it started melting. Oh, got it. Okay. So. Um, and he comes back every Christmas? I think so, okay. yeah. But, yeah, so, like. Santa Claus is coming to town is by far my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. But tell them who Santa is in Santa Claus is coming to town. I did. Mickey Rooney. I mean, but doesn't the guy... I, I think I remember like a character being like a toy builder, right? Yeah, Chris Kringle. He's a toy maker. Right. So... Does 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 he turn into Santa Claus at the end of that movie? Yeah. Okay. I was making sure yeah, I remember he, that correctly. Like, it it pretty much like goes through his life like he meets Jessica and they get married and okay. then they become Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember just like, like how like a younger his given person. name. Like it was on the tag that was left with him when he was uh, left at the doorstep of the Kringles. Yeah. House. Mm-hmm. Um. So when he like became an adult, like Mother Kringle or whatever her name was. Yeah. Uh, Tanta Kringle, I think was her name. Oh, that's um, an interesting name, Tanta. Like, she gave him his name tag and was like, this was your name, Claus. Yeah. And he was like, Claus. And so he decided to be called Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, him and, and it showed him, like, age and turned into Santa Claus. Okay. Because I remember, I remember seeing it and I vaguely remember him being, like, a younger person. Yeah. yeah. So he started off, like, really young with red hair. And right. He yeah, was yeah. Chris Kringle. Mm-hmm. And he was just taking the toys that the Kringles built into the town for the kids to enjoy. Yeah, there we go. And that's what it started off as. Yeah, that's what I remember. Okay. And then it was like he had to go into hiding because the mayor was after him. Like, you know, people were after him for giving toys to the kids when they were... What's the name again? Burgermeister Meister Burger. (laughs) (laughs) I love Burgermeister Meister Burger. I love his song. (laughs) Yeah, he has a good song. There'll be no toy makers to the king. <laughs> He's like talking about like all the jack and bo- jack in the boxes will be taped. <laughs> He's like and the ballerinas pillowette on their musicals. And he like uh pretty much says like put them in chains. <laughs> oh gosh. I can't remember everything. It was so good because like uh, like the Kringles have a song. It's like um, "Toy Makers to the King." Basically, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly the name of it, but it's pretty much like the same thing. And then it's like the toy, the Toy Makers to the King, and then his is 
there'll be no more toy makers to the king. <laughs> so like theirs is like talking about all like making the toys and making them all happy and and then he takes them and like kind of twists ruins them. Around. them. Yeah. <laughs> like anti or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's like all the all the uh bouncy balls will be deflated. <laughs> that guy was <a> jerk. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, he, like, burns all the toys, and then every night, pretty much, Kris Kringle would come into town and fill up their, like, he'd sneak in through the chimney. He had his little penguin with him. Oh, right. And he would sneak in through the chimney and put Gunther, toys. Gunther, right? Gunther's his name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, he fits right in with Winter. Yeah, Gunther. Ice King. He Winter does. Warlock. Yeah. There's a penguin. That is true, yeah. <laughs> I wonder Maybe if... that was their inspiration. Yeah, I wonder if Ice King came from I mean, from that. Winter Warlock could look kind of like Ice King. Yeah. Or Ice King, yeah, could be King yeah, before. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Could be inspiration. It could have been, yeah. And I love Winter. <laughs> Winter Warlock. <laughs> He's so great. That's awesome. Like, everything Those about that movie movies. is just so good. Are Except gonna... for Jessica when she sings her song. <laughs> That's like my favorite song. Like, oh god, I love At the Jessica fountain. Song. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but yeah, like he goes into hiding and he like somehow starts. I can't remember exactly how he does it, but he starts like watching to see if the kids are good and bad, and yeah. then he'd bring them toys, and it was like few and far between that he'd come visit because right. like they were after him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good, good one. Are you, you watching like that this this season? Yes. Okay, you have a day. I know. You gotta watch that tonight or tomorrow. You gotta Probably watch tomorrow it with night. Me. Yeah, we'll check about both of them. Tomorrow. Yeah, sorry I went on and on. Well, you have anything else to add to that? Or no? Well, I just put that my favorite parts were like, or my what what I liked most about it was they had fun songs, silly mm-hmm. characters, and character names. Yeah, and it was claymation. It was really cool. Those are good movies. That's what I liked. <laughs> Should we kick it to the old Chris? I think we should, so... Yeah, we're going to give it to Chris, and he's going to tell everyone about his favorite movies. I think he has, like, one main movie that he really likes, and then another one, secret one, that you guys will find out about, so... All right, Chris. All right, so when we talk about our favorite Christmas movies, and I guess get asked that question, um, I have to immediately begin with a discussion a little bit of uh, what is a Christmas movie, what's not a Christmas movie. Um, a lot of things that people consider to be Christmas movies, I don't particularly think fit into that category. Um, a prime example is Die Hard from 1988. Um, a lot of people consider that a Christmas movie, and they... I even saw this meme on Facebook that was says, uh, Christmas doesn't start for me until I see Hans Gruber fall from Nakatomi Tower. Well, uh, Hans Gruber is the terrorist, played by Alan Rickman, uh, in Die Hard. Now, I think a lot of people consider that a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas time and there's, you know, they're at a Christmas party. Well, for me, it's not necessarily that it takes place at Christmas that makes it a Christmas movie. It has to, that central theme, that, uh, that Christmas has to be important to the story or, you know, it's not really a Christmas movie. I mean, you could take, um, take that Christmas scene out of there, that Christmas party scene, and you could replace it with, you know, a, an annual meeting, or just some getaway, or any other number of things, and it doesn't affect that movie. You could take it out, not really a big thing. Um, for me, a Christmas movie has to have that importance of the Christmas. It has to, it has to be important to the story to the point where you can't take that out and have the same storyline. Um... 
you know, I think It's a Wonderful Life is a prime example. If you took that and played it any other time during the year, it may not be the same story, and it wouldn't feel the same, and so it wouldn't have that same Christmassy vibe. It wouldn't be... So, for me, it's one of those... Uh, Christmas has to be important to the story. It has to be important to the feel of the story. And there's also just, like, some key character development that kind of revolve around that particular time of the year or um, that particular feeling that you have during that time of the year. Or if, you know, if it's a religious movie, then, you know, clearly it has to have, you know, the mention of the Christmas story in it. Um, so that's kind of why I have to start off with discussing Christmas movies. Like, I, I like Die Hard, but I don't consider it a Christmas movie. So uh, my favorite Christmas movie, though, is probably um, The Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. Um, it was done by Jim Henson Productions and was distributed by Disney. Um, I liked that movie uh, because it retells the story of A Christmas Carol, which, you know, everybody kind of has, if you've grown up and, you know, go to school, you kind of know the whole story of, uh, you know, Scrooge growing, you know, going back and vis being visited by the three ghosts and, uh, learning to not be a greedy man and so I think that entire uh, their take on it is funny, entertaining and you get the same storyline across you get the same character development but it's, you know, got that comedy and it's got, it's the Muppets I mean, you know, you have Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit you have uh, Gonzo as playing the Charles Dickens character, basically the narrator who tells uh, different. He he does asides to the camera and talks to the audience directly about um, different things. Tells what's going on in the story. Gives more inner inner dialogue. So he plays the you know the the narrator part of that. And then you have Michael Caine as Scrooge. Um, so which I think is really fun to play. You know, uh, you have the big bad greedy man who is a human in this case, and then you have the character that everybody loves that's, you know, the the nice guy, the, you know, you know the one that you feel for is just this little frog muppet that kind of, like, stands up to Michael Caine's knee. Um, so I think you kind of get some symbolism there, um, the big powerful man versus the little man, but yet you see the whole development character uh, throughout the whole story. Um, I, I, like I said, I really like that movie because um, it gets that whole point across, but yet it still does it in such an entertaining way, and it's like, I think the first time I recall, it's either Muppet Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol, where that's the first, my, my first exposure to A Christmas Carol, um, and where you can see how things go, and you get exposure to that classic story as a child. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol is actually the first Muppet movie made after the death of uh, Jim Henson, and this one was actually his voice. He was not uh, Kermit the Frog was voiced by Jim Henson up until you know his death, obviously. And so this was the first time that the new voice of Kermit the Frog was uh, used, and it was um, done by Steve Whitmire, who has said in an interview. Um, sorry, just give me a second. I'm trying to remember what exactly it was said. Um, but um, he said in an interview that he was incredibly nervous about taking over the um, the character and that the night before he went to go to record Kermit's songs for the movie, he had a dream where he met 
Henson in a hotel lobby and told him about how unsure he was. And in the meeting, Henson reassured him that Whitmore, uh, assured Whitmore that the feeling would pass. And the next morning, uh, Whitmore felt confident and was able to do the part. And so it was kind of a cool little in, uh, story there. Um, this was actually directed, I believe, by his son, Brian Henson. Um, and it's just kind of funny because it tells the story but it also kind of has that, um, like I said, it kind of has that comedy in it. And there's even some, like, adult comedy in there. Um, for example, when they're, uh, the, or Scrooge is back at his office and the, uh, the bookkeepers, who are the rats, are sitting there talking about how it's so cold in the office and they can't get anything done. And they're talking about how, like, their, their pens have become icicles and they're talking about you know our assets are frozen and it's kind of that whole little nod that you know our assets are frozen you know like our butts are freezing off and it's just one of that whole thing that they can kind of get a sly little thing in there um so i think the comedy kind of works for that um kind of go through and talk about some of my favorite scenes in the movie um my favorite scene that i always remember when i'm talking about this movie is actually the scene I was just talking about in which um, he's talking they're talking about how they're cold and like uh, they're asking if they can get some more coal for their fires and like Scrooge and they're like and they're talking about how they're cold and then Scrooge is like you know how would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed and he kind of jumps out and screams it and then all of a sudden like it cuts back to the rats and they're in like uh, native island gear kind of uh, stuff, like grass skirts and feathers and stuff, and they start singing about how the heat wave, this is their island in the sun, and so it's just kind of funny because it's like, they're like, oh, okay, we're so scared of him, we're going to go ahead and go the other way. Um, and also, it kind of speaks to the character, because in that same scene, Bob Cratchit, again, who is Kermit's frog, is talking to him, he's trying to get the day off for Christmas, and you know, Scrooge is like, well, no, you're, why would I give you the day off? You know, we, we make money and this, that, and the other. He's trying to, you know, work, work, work. And so Bob Cratchit's kind of reminding him, he's like, well, you know, the, the businesses, other businesses aren't going to be open, so you're not going to be able to work with them. And he's like, oh, by the way, also, we're going to be burning expensive coal to not be able to do business. And so he's like, it's going to be cheaper if you let us have the day off. And so, you know, Scrooge finally just kind of goes, okay, fine, you can have the day off. Uh, he's not very happy about it, but he gives it to him. Um, fast forward a little bit further, and another reason I like this movie is that the song, there it's a musical kind of, I don't know if I'm going to call it a musical, but it has songs in it, like a lot of the, the Muppet movies and a lot of the kids' movies at the time do. Um, and so my it, all the different songs kind of stick up, and one of them that kind of sticks out to me is the whole uh, Marley and Marley song, uh, which takes place when Scrooge gets back home and he's like kind of get relaxed trying to get you know, but he hears the, like the door ring and then he hears the floors creaking and so he's kind of freaking out because he's supposed to be home by himself and then the next thing you know he's uh, haunted by the ghost of his business partners uh, Jacob and Robert Marley who in the original Christmas Carol there's only one there's only Jacob Marley but Disney created or not I'm sorry not Disney but Jim Henson and then well I guess Disney as well created the role of Robert Marley as well and made them brothers um, so that they could use uh, well, what are their names the, the two hecklers from the Muppets movies in the show 
the two older people, Statler and Waldorf, uh, are the original characters' names, and they're the old, two old crotchety people who, you know, make fun of Fozzie and make fun of all of them, and they talk about how bad their jokes are, but it's kind of funny. Um, and so they, uh, they haunt him. They kind of, and so Robert Marley is also kind of a, uh, kind of a sly little, uh, hint to Bob Marley. Um, in fact, I saw somewhere else where they were talking about how in that song, Robert and Jacob Marley are covered in Janes and they're being, uh, they have backup singers and their backup singers are these wailing, uh, cash boxes. And so it's kind of a, a reference back to, again, kind of reiterating the Bob Marley thing with uh, Bob Marley and the Wailers. Um, I kind of like that. In that scene, uh, that song is just hilarious, and I find myself singing it every time I hear it on the or hear it in the movie or even start thinking about Christmas time. It's like, you know, just the Marley and Marley song. It's uh, pretty good. Check it out if you haven't listened to it before. Um, but, again, part of that is that uh, part of the comedy of that is Scrooge is trying to play it off. He's like, "Oh, you you guys aren't you're not ghosts. You're not really there. You're." He even says, "You're like you're just undigested meat." You know, he's like, "You can't trust your senses because anything can kind of make them up." He's like, "You, you know, you you could I could be having indigestion and and having this hallucination of who you are," and he's like, "You know, yeah, you could be undigested meat." And he goes, "Oh yeah, that, you know what?" He goes, "There's more of gravy to the, than you are uh, more of gravy than of grave to you." So it's kind of that whole. He's trying to play it off like it's not real, you know. So I kind of think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that line's actually from the original uh, book, which I like um, that they use some of the original source material. And again, that's part of the reason why um, Gonzo is Charles Dickens, is that he's able to tell the audiences what's going on, he's able to tell the audiences what's going on in the characters' heads, and then he's also able to, um, they use actual lines from the and prose from the story in order to kind of make the uh, thing go on and make it more fun or make it more realistic and kind of get that whole you have Disney's version and theirs combined. Kind of skip ahead a little bit. Um, one thing when I was I rewatched this movie to kind of get some ideas of the story so I could talk about it a little bit more and when I rewatched it I realized when they went from the first ghost to the second ghost I'm like wait a minute there's a song missing. I'm like, wait a minute, I, I clearly remember this song, and it's it takes place in uh, Scrooge's past, which is why I kind of remembered it from the first ghost to the second, is that it takes place in his past and kind of bridges the gap and starts showing what's going on. Um, it's a song where Scrooge has uh, grown up a little bit. He's fallen in love with this girl that he met when he was younger, and he's supposed to be engaged to her, but he keeps putting the marriage off because he doesn't have enough money, which kind of indicates uh, part of what his goals are and why he, uh, are not goals, but puts where his heart is and why he's talking about, you know, greed is the biggest thing. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, I remember the song and I remember it taking place in the past because I remember this girl and I remember young Scrooge and I'm like, okay, I don't understand what's going on and I'm watching it and it moves on to the ghost of Christmas present. And I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? So, did a little bit of research, and actually, there was a missing song, and it was called uh, When Love is Gone, which I remember when I was listening, or watching it, and I looked it up, I remembered that particular line. And so, it's done by, uh, it's performed by the character of Belle, who is Scrooge's girlfriend, fiance, uh, ex-fiance at this point, she breaks it off with him, because he keeps putting it off. And so, 
I was like, okay, what's the, what, what happened to the song? Well, apparently it was uh, dropped from the theatrical release at the request of Disney, who said it would be too sad for young children. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, okay, but wait a minute, don't they know what happens in the rest of the story, you know? Because, like, this kind of gets really dark. Well, it's obvious, you know, when you're watching it, you can kind of tell, even if you haven't seen the movie before, you can kind of tell there's a weird break there and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but that's because there's a missing song that was not released in the theatrical versions. Well, ironically, the reason I remember it, because, you know, clearly from 1992, I would have been seven years old, I don't, I wouldn't have remembered anything prior, you know, I wouldn't have remember, I don't think I remember seeing it in theaters, but I remember seeing it a couple of years later on DVD or VHS. And ironically, I remember it because while it didn't make it into the theatrical release because it would be too sad, they did release it on the VHS, the Laserdisc, and the first DVD versions. Um, but this song is actually cut from TV airings of the movie, the Blu-ray releases, and any Netflix versions. Which is why, I mean, I watched it on AT&T, and so, you know, the TV airings of it. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I remember seeing it, and I had to, and I had to remember seeing it from VHS. But it was kind of weird that they cut it, because they're sitting there talking about how... It, the reason they cut it was it was so sad. Well, if you watch the rest of the movie, um, the son of Bob Cratchit dies in the movie. They don't... Uh, uh, they go, when the Ghost of Christmas Future shows up, it shows Scrooge that next year at the Cratchit family, it shows that Tiny Tim uh, is no longer part of the family, and uh, Bob Cratchit actually says that he picked a spot, uh, or his wife, who's played by Miss Piggy, asks him, you know, how the, the churchyard was, and Bob Cratchit says that he found, you know, a place where Tiny Tim could watch the the ducks on the river, so and then he kind of breaks down, so you kind of get that feeling that, you know, something's not right, and so um, they're talking about that, and they talk about, they start talking about Tiny Tim in the past tense a little bit, and then the next thing, you, before that scene ends, it cuts to Tiny Tim's chair, and it has Tiny Tim's uh, hat and uh, crutch, that he always had, so it kind of indicates that, you know, he's passed away, and I'm sitting here going, okay, well, that's, that's sad, how, I mean, why, that's even, I think, more sad than a lost love, so, I, the fact that Disney cut a song because of, it would be too sad, but they leave a death scene in there, it's kind of a little wonky to me, but that's just me. Um, also the fact that the Ghost of Christmas Death, or the Ghost of Christmas Future is the Grim Reaper, and is a nine-foot-tall, scary-as-crap uh, Muppet, <laughs> you know? You don't see his face. You, I honestly thought, when I I remember there being, like, glowing red eyes in the first movie, but um, when I watched it again, it's all black, which could very well be an editing issue um, from what i seen, or what I remember versus what was uh, released recently. So it's possible, you know, that <laughs> I remember there was red eyes, but... You know, maybe Disney cut that out like they cut the scene. You know, you never know. So, um, just gonna sit there, uh, uh, watch it again. Like I said, it's a really good movie. Um, you really start to feel for Scrooge when you see different things. Um, for example, uh, when the Ghost of Christmas Future happens, 
the begin well, let me back up a little bit. At the beginning of the movie, Scrooge's nephew shows up and talks to him and is kind of wishing him a Merry Christmas and talking about how, you know, he should be in a happy mood and Christmas you should keep the Christmas spirit all year round, you know, things like that. But then when you see the ghost of Christmas future or ghost of Christmas present, he goes to his he takes him to Scrooge he takes Scrooge to his nephew's house. And you see, and they decide to start playing a game, and uh, it's a game of basically 20 questions, and you have to figure out what the guy, or what Scrooge's nephew is thinking about. And, you know, he chooses, you know, uh, they go through the questions, and, like, his fiance says, you know, they basically get it narrowed down to it's a creature that nobody wants around, but it's not a dog, cat, mouse, rat, spider, insects, anything like that. And so... She finally figures out that she, he's talking about Scrooge, and so they have an all they all have a big laugh about it. So it kind of shows that even his nephew doesn't really like him, um, and knows that you know the whole town doesn't like Scrooge. And so I think that's part of that, um, part of what you can tell that gut punch reaction that uh, Michael Caine's character of Scrooge gets, because he's like, well, early, you know, he's thinking in his head. You, you can obviously obviously tell that he's thinking in his head, not just yesterday, you know, you wanted me to come by, and you were happy, and this, that, and the other, and now you don't want me around. So, um, I'm not gonna go too much more into the story, just because, you know, like I said, if you kind of know the story, then, you know, you know that by the end, Scrooge becomes, you know, a, a giving individual, um, and does that character development. Um, but I highly recommend watching it if you want to get the story of uh, Christmas Carol and you don't really want to watch like a, a dramatized version of it or like Jim Carrey's version of it, which they did CGI uh, back in uh, sometime in the early 2000s. I definitely recommend it. It's one of those that you can watch time and time again and you get the new jokes, you get to see the new information. Um, like as you watch it, over and over over the course of years you pick up different things like I you know you pick up uh, that uh, the hecklers are Bob and Jacob Marley like as a kid I wouldn't have put together uh, Bob Marley as uh, as a ghost and then Bob Bob uh, Marley and the Whalers but as an adult you do um, and you don't there's just like I said there's just different things like you don't you wouldn't pick up the um when they say when uh, when Jacob and Robert Marley tell Scrooge to leave comedy to the bears, you wouldn't necessarily pick that up as um, as a child that you know they're the ones that heckle Fozzie Bear, and that even later on in the show in the in the sorry not show but the uh, movie when they're in the past and Scrooge is visiting his old uh, boss who is Fozzie the Bear. Um, that Bob and Jacob Marley, younger versions and live versions of themselves, are there, and they make fun of Fozzie. So you kind of don't see the... Uh, you wouldn't necessarily pick that up as a child. Um, just kind of going through... Um, another thing, like, like you wouldn't necessarily pick up that uh, the Ghost of Christmas future, or Ghost of Christmas Present has memory issues. He, he's constantly kind of introducing himself to Scrooge, 
and Scrooge is like, hey, do you not remember me? You know, he's like, you just said that a couple minutes ago. Uh, but then, like, you have to, you don't understand as a child, but as an adult, you, as a child, you understand, you, you hear that it's funny because he's having to repeat himself. But as an adult, you kind of get the understanding um, and you understand when he's, or you understand when he says, you know, that he's living in, the, that he's a ghost of present, so he lives in the present, he lives in the moment, and so his time is very, very short, as is his memory, you know, because he's constantly in the moment, in the moment, in the moment, in the moment, you know, so just that whole idea. Uh, it's just some things that you miss as a child. I recommend it. Um, it is one of my favorites. Uh, like I said, it stands up the test of time. You can watch it. And you're always going to get a laugh. The funny parts are always going to be funny. They're not like crude, they're not all crude adult jokes, which I think kind of get tired after a while. But the kid jokes that are kind of the double play on words and the, um, you know, scenes where like, you know, Rizzo is trying to are jumping off the top of a, a gate. Rizzo the rat, yeah, who is with Charles Dickens, has to jump off the top of the gate, and uh, Gonzo is supposed to catch him. And, you know, the rat, uh, Rizzo's there saying, oh, I hate heights. I hate, I hate two things. I hate heights and I hate jumping from heights. And so he jumps, and then when he lands, and, you know, Gonzo obviously doesn't catch him because that's part of the comedy, but Rizzo realizes he left something on the other side, and so he goes and he goes underneath the gate, you know? And so, <laughs> and, like, he comes back, and uh, Gonzo's looking at him. He's like, you could do that the whole time? And Rizzo's like, yeah, why? And, you know, just... Gonzo's kind of like, turns away, and he's just like, what an idiot, you know, so it's just that whole, uh, just the, com I think the comedy stands the test of time, which is a good thing, uh, much more than uh, some movies, especially modern movies, where the comedy kind of gets old after a couple of viewings, I think, um, A Muppet Christmas Carol stands the test of time, and constantly has something new for audiences, um, so, that's basically, uh, like I said, my favorite Christmas movie. I don't get to watch it every year. Um, it's actually been a couple of years since I watched it, which I think is what made it more hilarious to me, was that I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, but it is a movie that I can watch over and over and over again um, and just kind of get into it. Now, if you want to know a movie that I can watch every year, that would be uh, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mainly because it's a 30-minute cartoon short. It's got great songs, um, and it's also got that great, uh, Boris Karloff, uh, narration. I believe that's who does the narration. And so, you can kind of, uh, it's one of those, you can pop it in, you get the Christmas feel, you get to see how, uh, again, that whole Christmas vibe. Like, I don't think, if you took out the Christmas, I think if, if the Grinch was just stealing stuff, or if it was like say another holiday, I don't. Well, I don't even know of another holiday that people give gifts. But um, if it was another holiday where people do something and the Grinch was like trying to stop it, I don't think you would get the same feel, and it wouldn't be as uh, memorable as um, steal, trying to steal Christmas. You know, I think uh, his development um, may still be there in another movie if you took it out of that context, but I don't think it would have the same lasting quality. Not to mention it's done by Dr. Seuss, so who doesn't love a Dr. Seuss book or movie? Um, so, those are kind of my two, um, mostly, like I said, uh, 
the Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol is my favorite um, with How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the cartoon um, being a much closer second. Um, I do like, and I'm going to just gonna say this, is I do like the live-action Jim Carrey version, even though a lot of people hated it. Um, I thought it was very well done for a uh, cartoon to, uh, well, a beloved cartoon to live-action transition. Um, uh, I, I think it was very, I think it was very well done, considering uh, what all it had to do and what it had to capture and encapsulate. Um, I thought it did a very great job. Um, I enjoy it. It's not one that I'm going to watch every year like the original cartoon, um, but I do find myself watching that from time to time. In fact, I bought it on Blu-ray, and I'm going to watch it a little bit later, probably before the end of the year, um, or before the Christmas day. Um, well, probably will have watched it then by the time this airs, but yeah. Um, so, just going to say, those are my favorites, um, and if you have any questions or... Um, need to know anything else about the movie? Just let me know. <laughs> send us a, send me a message, and I'll uh, let you know some more about the movie. But like I said, I recommend it. Pick it up. It's not that expensive. Um, it holds up, and it's great for anyone who has not seen it. So uh, that's what I gotta say. Well, awesome. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, those are some good picks, actually. Picks as in picks and picks as in pictures, <laughs> meaning movies. <laughs> Oh, snap. films. Yeah. And that was really good. <laughs> I do like um, A Christmas Carol a lot. We're supposed to go watch that play. Dude, I still haven't seen the, G- the Jim Carrey one. Really? There. Yeah. Oh. Like, I never watched I it. I don't think I've seen that either, actually. I wanted to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I have so many of those where I'm like, I really want to see this. And then, like, I never go see it and then I forget about it. And just to contradict, I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay? <laughs> through and through, it's a Christmas movie. That and, um, <laughs> what's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he's like. Not Jingle All the Way. Well, you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, you don't yeah. think Christmas movie. <laughs> That's true. That was my bad. Wasn't that when the whole, like, Tickle Me Elmo craze was going it on? It was something. Or was it was before like, that? Oh, maybe. Okay. I remember he was, like, in a department store hunting down a, a toy. toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was craziness. You have to check the date on that one. <laughs> and I love The Grinch, too. Yes. I haven't watched it in a while. The animated one and the Jim Carrey one. I've never like seen both. the Jim Carrey What? One. I know. <laughs> I, I actually like it. Okay, I need to watch that. Then. I mean, it's definitely not the same story. Yeah. Like, exactly. Because they drag but, it out for oh, yeah. like an hour and a half. Maybe. I mean, he starts out as a kid. What? The, the Grinch? Grinch is a kid? Yeah. What? Yeah, he starts out as a little kid. Is he like a human kid or like a Grinch no, kid? A Grinch kid. Oh, okay. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. I need to see. You never that. seen Little Grinch? No. I'm surprised that no one, none of us picked Elf, but I know, maybe that would have been. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was a good one. I enjoy that one. I too. actually do like Elf. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many good Christmas movies. Will Ferrell, man. King of Wrong. I want to I see the movie. used to like Will Ferrell. I want to see the movie with him and Mark Wahlberg, the new oh, one. Oh, I know there. you do. It looks so good. Was uh, it Daddy's Home? I think so. I'm, I'm trying to are. sneak away on Christmas to watch it, but it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, so what else do we have for movies? I don't think we have anything mentioning. Oh, what about, like, your favorite, um,. Christmas cartoons. Do you have like any like, like how I tell you I watch Family Guy that episode every oh, Christmas? Oh yeah. Just because it just constantly shows and I catch it. 
Yeah, I don't so know. So now it's like a tradition for me to watch the very first Christmas episode of Family Guy. I really don't know that I have any like TV shows, Christmas specials. Okay. I mean, not not that I can think of off, off the top of my head. Oh. Oh, the one uh, show that I didn't talk about that I love is the Seinfeld Festivus episode. Because <laughs> I mean, not, every, not everyone celebrates Christmas, so yeah. that was like a really good one. Just to kind of bring everyone into the holiday and share the holiday spirit with them. So, you know, it's like Festivus for the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> that don't celebrate Christmas. So, yeah, that's why I love that Seinfeld episode, too. That's another one. I need to find that and watch it. It's a good episode. I, I thought it. of one that I do like. I haven't seen it in forever. But I used to watch Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> oh, okay. A lot. Yeah. And there was this one Christmas special. And uh, Steven Tyler was Santa Claus. <laughs> what? And he, he was in like a parade and That's he sang crazy. at the end and it was great. That's cool. And also Steven Tyler and Aerosmith was also in uh, the Polar Express at the very end of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I've never seen Polar Express. <laughs> like that's the best part of the movie. <laughs> like you get to the end. It's not even very long. But like, I feel like. Like, they're animated, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, like, really good CG. Yeah. 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 But not made to look, like, really human. But you right, can tell yeah. Trying, yeah. And uh, at the very end, like, I want to say it's at the North Pole. It's been a long time I since so, I yeah. watched it. But they performed. That's really cool. And I was like, that's Aerosmith. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, Steven Tyler and Lizzie McGuire. Okay, sweet. And Aerosmith and... uh. Polar Express is pretty awesome. And another one I was thinking about the other day that I haven't seen is a, a Drake and Josh Christmas. Uh, I used to love Drake and Josh, and they had like a 90 minute long movie, you know, and it's really good. And, you know, Drake and um, Josh has to have that chemistry, that mm-hmm. comedic kind of timing with each other. It's really good. So that was a really good because, like, they're all grown and Megan is grown, but she still acts like a bratty little sister type thing. <laughs> And it's really cool to see the whole cast come back to it. But I think it's a few years old now. It's been out for a while. But I, I like that movie too just because I love Drake and Josh. The, um, well, they the, should the just, show. Yeah, you know, awesome. make another one. That'd be cool. Because they're still <laughs> really, like, they're really close in real life, yeah. which is really awesome. So I think that's, uh, they should do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Make one for a grandfather. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Spongebob Christmas. <laughs> Gosh, dude, it's so many. And Workaholics half Christmas episode. <laughs> but, um, this is probably, we can probably go on for a while. Yeah. There's a lot of Christmas stuff. But, um, anyway, I guess we can tell you guys happy holidays to everyone, Christmas or not. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy your time with your family and you get some really good food. And whoever's getting presents, get some awesome presents. Yeah. And, um, so this will be up tomorrow i know you guys are probably gonna be really busy yeah. with your family but if you get some you time have some chill time because yeah. i feel like i always have like chill time or some travel time right or travel time yeah i mean if you're driving i probably should try to get this up tonight so it'll be ready for tomorrow but yeah, if not cool. tonight early tomorrow we'll definitely have it up but um so yeah i think that's all we have to talk about this episode um thanks chris for chiming in we appreciate it uh if you guys could tell or couldn't tell maybe you could or couldn't but um chris wasn't actually in the room recording with us this time because he had some it's been really crazy here lately just trying to yeah get things organized for the holiday and uh christmas presents and shopping and food and 
work work is a big thing too yeah so (laughs) we finally got done this week and you have to wrap some presents or whatever so yeah so chris took some time out to actually record that and have it for us so that's awesome that definitely adds a lot of content to our episode and i mean what's the epic everybody's podcast without chris chiming in about his True. stupid movies. No, no his fix were really cool. <laughs> They're stupid. <laughs> no, I have to be a hater. That's just my role. <laughs> well, we have a lot of really cool things coming up for our, our next episode. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a Deadpool-centric episode. Awesome. So that should be interesting. And we have a few more things. I'm not going to just tell you guys about it because I want it to be a good surprise. Um, do you have anything? No, I'm going to keep that to myself. Really? Well, it's something I know about. Yeah. Oh. I was just gonna tell everybody about my uh, movies I'm catching up on. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's this weekend. Yep. We have to go watch that. Yep. So, since I already said it, I've uh, don't hate me, everyone, please. I haven't watched all the Star Wars movies, so I'm cramming so I can watch the new one. Um, we got one down, five to go. <laughs> I was telling Emmeline earlier, I'm I'm so jealous of your Star Wars experience because you're getting to see it like episode one through six and see those characters develop, and then you get to go into a new one. Man, <laughs> so I like the first one. Um, I'm not gonna say anything about it until I see some more, but I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm glad to finally be on this. I guess nerd train. Yeah, <laughs> that is Star Wars, and it's funny too because. This is the first time I've ever heard someone say this, but James says she loves Jar Jar Binks. Like she I do could, not love Jar Jar Binks. Like, she couldn't get enough. Oh my god, no. She couldn't get enough Jar Jar Binks. She even started saying Misa everything. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> so, hey guys, you know, first for everything, right? No. Jamie does not like Jar Jar Binks. I cannot stand Jar Jar Binks. Don't get me started. Hey, he, he helped out in the final battle. Oh, no, he did not. Like, he should have died in that battle. Really I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how someone like him did not die. <laughs> like, how did he survive that battle? <laughs> like, like that is, like, ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, like, people are like, oh, George R. let me help you. Like, no one liked him before. Right. And now they're like, oh, oh, let me help you. And I'll fall off my whatever this thing I am riding is. <laughs> Like, to help you. Like, what? Oh, no. That's so funny. <laughs> okay, ran right. over. I apologize. I hope everyone enjoys their holidays and gets to spend time with their families and just takes it all in. Yeah. And a social media. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and of course, get some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and a social media um compliment. Thank you guys for not ruining Star Wars for yes. us as yet. Whoever is not doing that, I appreciate it. Yes. So you guys are awesome. Because, I mean, life happens. You can't always watch it as soon as it comes out. You never so. really wanted to. Yeah. But, um, and you have to get a... We were trying to get a group together because everyone wants to watch it. And it's like, if we go without a certain person, then they'll get kind of upset. And I understand because Star Wars. <laughs> and you kind of want to have that first experience with the people that, you know, you watch movies with. I know. And I wanted to go with She was like, oh, tell me when you guys go. I want to go too. And I was like, uh, we're probably going to go this Sunday and you'll be in. Yeah. Another country. She, I already watched it, actually, so it was really good. Yeah, but yeah. she wanted to go again. Oh, oh, That'd be real cool if she watched it with us. But anyways. We so, can go again if she comes back. I told her, I was like, just because we're going Sunday doesn't mean we're not going to go again. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, we'll do that. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, once I watch all the movies, I'll tell you guys what I think, if you care. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> 
get a fresh, fresh new review. Yeah, definitely. We should have a Star Wars episode just to discuss. I think that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Now yeah. that I can actually put my two cents. We should get in. everyone on that one. Get some Ashley. Get some Emily. Jasmine. And Jasmine. Yeah. Julie. And Julie. Yeah. <laughs> All the girls. Oh gosh, you're right. We'll be outnumbered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just try to get that Skype thing going. Get Kyle. <laughs> it'll be a girl podcast. Yeah, it'll be a girl podcast. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> so, guys, we are on. Um, I guess I'm gonna tell you guys where we are. Well, I was gonna say iTunes actually. Oh, iTunes. And feel free to leave us like reviews on iTunes because that's how we know you guys are actually enjoying Talk the podcast to us. yeah <laughs> leave it leave it like a rating actually under review you can rate the show on itunes um, yeah that'd be cool so that'd be pretty sweet uh i haven't checked itunes in a while so i need to and soundcloud.com slash epic dash brief dash podcast um facebook.com slash epic brief podcast and instagram.com slash epic brief podcast we're on snapchat and it's Epic Breeze Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And we're actually on Twitter also, um, Epic Breeze Podcast, P-D-C-S-T. Um, I admit, I haven't been reposting things to Twitter, which I need to be. Yeah, Twitter's so. just not my favorite. Mm. Yeah, I, we get more interaction on Instagram and yeah. Facebook yeah. as of right now. So. so yeah, check us out on there. You can check us out also on any uh, podcast app or Whatever thing you used to listen to podcasts, we're on there. Because our RSS feed is pretty sweet. So, thanks, mm-hmm. SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> I think that's probably it. Yeah. yeah. Do I have anything else? Am I missing anything? I feel like I'm missing to mention something, but I don't think I, I have. Don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I mean, New Year's is coming up, too. Yeah. So, we'll have an episode <laughs> for that. Um, Chris will be here recording with us. He better be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Prior to New Year's. So, yeah. I guess that's it. Thank you guys for listening and taking time out of your busy holiday schedules. Yes. To lend us your ears. (laughs) (laughs) Hope we treated them well. (laughs) Yeah. we. I'm sure we caressed your ears with our sultry voices. Yeah. Well, um, happy holidays and Merry Christmas, Christmas to whoever celebrates Christmas. And Kwanzaa and everything else that happens. Yeah, Hanukkah. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Up on the housetop, reindeer paws. Out jumps good old Santa Claus. Down through the chimney with lots of toys. All for the little one's Christmas joys. Oh, who wouldn't go?